Welcome back to After the Buzz of Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. All right, guys, welcome back for another episode with the NFL draft on the horizon here. We're creeping up uh, as I'm recording this right now. It's about seven and a half hours away. I'm so excited for it. And I've been covering the draft really a lot, and I've been doing some intense scouting, and I've been keeping a keen eye on it. I'm so excited. So I figured I have to do a mock draft. Today I won't be joined by Mr. Sideline, a.k.a. Thomas. Uh, I know he's been joining me a lot, but he just discussed his mock draft about two days ago on his podcast. So, there, you know, he's already got his mock draft out there. And I kind of pitched in a little bit, and if you heard that episode my mock draft now isn't the same at all. I didn't make a mock draft. I was kind of coming up with things as uh, as I went, but I've heard a lot of rumors. I've changed a lot of my picks, uh, a lot of bold takes I have for this upcoming draft. Uh, and I think you got to have bold takes in these mock drafts because the draft is so unpredictable. So sometimes you're kind of swinging for the fences with the blindfold on. And most of the time it doesn't work out, but every once in a while you hit the big fish and, uh, uh, not hit, catch the big fish. So that's what I'm kind of hoping to do today, uh, at least with a couple of these selections, if you will, my bowler takes. But uh, enough said, let's get into the mock draft. Okay, with the first overall pick in the draft, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. And with the pick they select, it's Joe Burrow. I There's no discussions needed here. Joe Burrow looked nearly flawless on tape. It's hard to really find a flaw in his game. Uh, I'm sure a few will pop up as in his rookie season in the NFL, but really, I mean, this guy is a surefire prospect quarterback. He just had one of the greatest college seasons of all time. The only, the biggest concern really is the Bengals screw him up, but really, I just think this guy's going to have a successful NFL career. He's a great quarterback. It's the Bengals picking Joe Burrow. I heard a report there. He gave him the phone call and told him, we're picking you number one. I mean, there's no questions asked here. If this pick, if it's not Joe Burrow, I don't know what else. It's going to be Joe Burrow. It, there's no way that anything can screw that up. Pretty much the same thing with the Washington Redskins here. They're going to take Chase Young uh, out of Ohio State here. Great pass rusher, absolutely dominating. Some people would argue he is the best player in this draft over Joe Burrow. That's a serious argument. I think oh, you can really sit down and have a serious argument. Who's better, Joe Burrow or Chase Young? It's tough to compare the two because they play two different sides of the ball. Not Never mind, same position, you know, two different positions, two different one's offense, one's defense, but. This discussion doesn't be, need to be made because we all know the Bengals are picking Joe Burrow at one and then the Redskins will just take Chase Young at two. So I think it would have been some really fun debates to have, like who's the best player in the draft. But it really doesn't matter when you're doing a big board who's at one or two because the Bengals and the Redskins aren't budging. They're going to take their two guys. And those two picks to me are going to be boring. It's going to be exciting, you know, with the first overall pick. You know, the first overall pick's one of the more exciting picks in the draft. But really, in this instance, it's not at the same time because these two picks are basically givens. Then we get into the number third pick. We just went from boring, easy selections. We also are coming to what is going to happen here. We all know the Lions have been looking to trade down for so long now. And I still think they really want to move down. They, their guy is Jeffrey Okuda. They know they can trade down at least a few spots, get some compensation, and still take Okuda a few picks later in the draft. 
even if they don't pick Okuda, I've heard they're really interested in Derek Brown. Derek Brown, this is a guy who um, is very similar, his play style, to defensive tackle and Dominic and Sue, who they picked second overall in the 2010 draft, 10 seasons ago, uh, 10 years ago per se. So it makes sense why they're interested in both. So even if they trade down and Okuda's not there, they'll probably still take like Derek Brown or another one of these corners. Like the Lions want to trade down so bad, but they're having trouble finding a dance partner. At first, I was such a firm believer that the Chargers were going to trade up to the number third pick. I don't stand by that anymore. The Chargers really haven't shown any signs of budging at six. Maybe they trade down, if anything, at this point. So I don't think the Chargers will be trading up. And then I thought, last night, I thought, you know what? The Lions are, this makes sense. The Lions are going to trade down to the ninth overall pick with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And for, um, Trading down six spots, they're going to get Yannick Ngunkwa, uh, however you say his last name. This is the dude that's been blowing up on Twitter. He wants out of Jacksonville. He's a dominating pass rusher. He's a great young player. But the Lions could use a pass rusher like that, even though they just paid trade flyers. They've got a lot of holes. They add a guy like that. That's a great trade for them. They probably still go to Okuda at nine. And then unless, unless the Jaguars took Okuda at three which is a possibility, but I think if they trade up that far, they take Isaiah Simmons or maybe Derek Brown. But then I thought, you know what, maybe they, they're they having, they're really struggling to find somebody to trade for that number third pick. And I'm surprised because there are teams that are interested, but they're outside the top 10. The Lions don't want to trade outside the top, really nine. I think nine's the farthest with Jacksonville that they're willing to trade back. Maybe even 10th with the Browns. I just thought of that, but I highly doubt that happened. So, I eventually I was kind of like, maybe the Lions don't trade down here. They just have to stay at three and take Hokuda there. And it would be kind of a bummer because it's like, oh, they whoever traded with them has all the leverage in that deal. I'm surprised no one was willing to even just flip like a third or fourth round pick to trade up a little in the draft. And like, I, I don't know. But then I heard this rumor and it, at first, I thought, oh, maybe this is a smoke stream, but I'm going for it. The Dolphins trade up, even after I said there's no way they're going to do it because they're just going to take a quarterback at five. But they trade up not to take a quarterback, but to take Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa. I love Tristan Wirfs. Um, and he's the best player in the uh, best outside tackle on my big board, I'd say, over Dedrick Wills. I love Tristan Wirfs. And this is such a bold take, but at first I thought this was a smokescreen. This is this is a surefire smokescreen. Like the Dolphins are going for a quarterback, right? They're going for a quarterback at either three or five. It doesn't make sense for them to trade up to three. So I do believe this rumor. There's a rumor going around that they have had calls. They have had talks to trade up to the number three pick. The only reason for them to take to trade up to the number three pick is if they want to leapfrog the New York Giants who are reportedly probably going to take, we all think, an outside tackle. Then we hear the news, the Dolphins are interested in an outside tackle. Then I hear the other news, they have had several talks with the Bengals. Please trade, can we, what will it take to trade it to the number one pick? Obviously the Bengals aren't going to budge there, so it's clear. I mean, obviously every team would rather have Joe Burrow than any other quarterback in this draft, but it's clear the Dolphins don't have interest in Tua or Justin Herbert. 
or enough interest to take them at number five. Tua, great talent, but injuries are a red flag, so they're probably saying there, we don't want to take that risk at number five, even though they have two more first-round picks. They, they've got a ton of picks, say 14 in this draft, but they still don't want to take that risk. And Justin Herbert just isn't good enough, really, to be picked at number five in the Dolphins' eyes. I don't blame them. Justin Herbert... He'll be nothing more than an average starter in this league, in my opinion. I really don't think he's that great. So they trade up to take an outside tackle. And this blows up the whole draft. The Dolphins are the boomer bust of everybody's mock draft right now. If you get what if you predict correctly what the Miami Dolphins are going to do, whether that's still trade up or trade down or they say at number five, and if you can predict cor- correctly who they will pick where they're even going to pick, your mock draft is going to be golden, at least for like the first 15 picks. But whatever the Dolphins do is going to shake up the whole draft. Like they are the first domino piece. It's like they're a domino piece and they're, it's a movable domino piece. You've got five rows of dominoes and whichever row the Dolphins pick, aka whatever choice they they make here, whether they trade up, trade down, stay where they are, whoever they pick, it's going to set off a certain row of dominoes. So it's going to be so entertaining to see what the Dolphins do. I have no clue what they're doing at this point, but the rumors are uh, showing they, they're probably going to trade up. And the trade, by the way, would be the Dolphins received the third overall pick. Lions received the fifth overall pick and the 70th overall pick. So the Lions just trade down two spots. They'll, they're still going to get their guy, Jeffrey Okuda, and they acquire an early third round pick. At this point, the fact that a deal hasn't been done shows me maybe the Dolphins are looking like, hey, well, I'll give you like a fifth round pick or a fourth round pick. And the Lions are like, I mean, we might as well do it. Sure, why not? But I'm looking for a little more. So I'd say a third or fourth round pick is what they're going to have to give up to trade up these two spots. They're going to have all the leverage in that deal. This is a very bold take. But the rumors, I I hate relying on rumors because you never know if they're true or not. But I, I believe this one. At least for now, just because I think the Dolphins are seriously interested in taking an outside tackle. And I do believe they don't want to take Tua or Justin Herbert in the top five. But my biggest concern, believe it or not, isn't whether or not this is a smokescreen. It's whether or not the Dolphins are willing to give up like a third or fourth round pick. You know, maybe the Dolphins are sitting there saying, listen, I have the leverage, buddy. I'm only giving up a fifth-round pick at most. So that's what scares me a little bit, the fact that they just don't get a deal done. And it shocks me, really, the Lions. How have they not got a deal done? Um, with the fourth overall pick, the New York Giants like Jedrick Wills, outside tackle out of Alabama. A lot of people think this guy's the best outside tackle. I personally like Wirfs more because they can both be day-one starters. Wirfs has a little bit of a higher ceiling. But Wills is still a great, uh, great player. He's probably the best pass blocking outside tackle in this draft, which really is going to help Daniel Jones. I've already talked about this. This team needs to take an outside tackle. Isaiah Simmons is a tempting pick there, but they have to. They have to protect protect Daniel Jones. You've got a franchise quarterback right there. One of his biggest issues is his fumbling. So if you can upgrade the offensive line, uh, that's going to help. I mean, you look at it, the Giants outside tackle pair last season let up the most quarterback pressures in the league. You want to keep your quarterback clean in the pocket. It's going to reduce injury risk. It's going to reduce his fumble in, uh, uh, problems, and it's going to give him more time in the pocket. Like They have to pick an outside tackle here, and with Wirfs going at three, I think they, they're going to take Wills at four. I, a big debate has been whether or not the Giants will take Wirfs or Wills, and it's going to be a bummer not to really truly ever find out who they preferred, but kudos to Miami, I guess. 
Fifth overall pick, Lions take Jeffrey Okuda, cornerback out of Ohio State. This kid's a stud. He's really good. And the Lions make the right move. They only trade down two spots. They acquire a third-round pick and still get their guy. It's, it's a win. It's, it's a great move by the Lions because instead of taking Okuda at three, not getting a third-round pick and having, having to pay him a little more money, they trade down two spots, pay him a little less money, which frees up just a little bit more cap space for them as well, and they get a third-round pick out of it. So it's a great move for the Detroit Lions, and it makes a ton of sense. Uh, with the sixth overall pick, this one hurts so bad. The Los Angeles Chargers select Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback out of Alabama. I don't know how to say his last name. I'm not even going to try. But... This pick pains me so much because I've been such a preacher about how the Chargers are going to trade up and how the Chargers should pass on a quarterback in this year's draft. But with the with both Werfs and Wills off the board, I don't think they're going to reach for Thomas or Becton at six. I think it's going to kind of be, they're just going to say, hey, let's just stick at six. And they could take a guy like Isaiah Simmons, but I ultimately think they're going to go with Tua. They've said they want to ride it out with, Tyrod Taylor this season, but I still think they're going to take two, especially with both outside tackles off the board here. And as much as this pick does pain me, it's not a terrible pick really for them. It does kind of make sense. Even though I think two is going to bust due to injuries, he's still going to have a couple good seasons. His rookie season, his second season could be really good. This team's in win now mode. As long as he can get past this current injury he's having and stay relatively healthy in his first couple seasons, he can help this team win right away. He's going to sell him some tickets. He fits well in their system. So, and I just don't think Tyron Taylor's a legitimate starter, starting quarterback, really. I don't, nothing against him, but he really, he's almost 31 years old. He, he's never won more than eight games in a season. He's either gets hurt or he gets benched after a few weeks because he just struggles. He's not worthy of being a starting quarterback. Nice backup. He he fits their system all right and all that, but he, he's, he hasn't proved it. So... Two is the pick here. I don't think it's a terrible one, but it just just pain me a little bit. But if they pick Justin Herbert or Jordan Love here, failure. F on the draft right there, right on the spot. That is the worst thing this team can do. Tua makes sense, but Justin Herbert, Jordan Love doesn't. Your team is in win-now mode, right? So your team's in win-now mode. Why does it make sense to... First of all, Jordan Love would be a terrible pick. I like Jordan Love more than Justin Herbert, but... Jordan Love does not fit what they're trying to do at all. He wouldn't have a veteran, like a good quarterback coach to sit behind. He wouldn't have like a good veteran quarterback to sit behind either. And the Chargers are in win-now mode. I don't think they have the patience, nor do they have the ability to teach Jordan Love up and, and have the patience to sit him for a year or two. And Justin Herbert's kind of the same thing. I don't think Justin Herbert should really be a day one starter. So he's probably going to need at least like a half season to sit on the bench. He maybe even a full season. I just don't think the Chargers have the patience for that. You're picking Tua. As long as he can get past this injury, which it sounds like he will, he can be a day one starter easily like that. He just has to avoid injuries from there on out. So, but if they pick Jordan Love or Justin Herbert, oh, just forget it. They might as well just forfeit the draft. That's terrible. Uh, trade alert, trade alert. This trade is super unlikely to happen, but I'm just going to go for it anyway at this point. The Panthers received the ninth overall pick and the 42nd overall pick, and the Jaguars received the seventh overall pick. And the reason for the Jaguars trading up two spots and giving up a second round pick in the process is to take Isaiah Simmons linebacker out of Clemson. The, again, the likelihood of this trade happening is so slim. 
I really don't know why I put it on here, but I think the reason I did was because I really, my gut tells me Isaiah Simmons is going to Jacksonville, Derek Brown is going to Carolina. It said that for so long, and the fact that the matter is, if the Jaguars don't trade up, what if the Panthers take Isaiah Simmons at seven and then like the... Not saying that's a bad pick for the Panthers or Derek Brown's a bad pick for the Jags at nine, but I, my gut has been telling me something for so long and I just don't feel like going against it. So the odds of this trade happening are low, but the Jaguars, I do think they really like Isaiah Simmons. He fits what they're trying to do. He can be a pass rusher. He can play in coverage. He can even play safety for crying out loud. So it it, it helps the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars a lot here. And I don't think it's a great move for them. I think they should just stay at nine, stay put. But later in my mock draft, I have them making another trade that gives that helps them acquire a third round, uh, another first round pick. So they're going to have three first round picks. So they're just going to say, hey, let's flip this second to move up two spots and make sure we get the guy we like. But I'd rather just stay at nine because one, there's still a decent chance Isaiah Simmons is there at nine. And two, if the Panthers pick Isaiah Simmons at seven, Derek Brown is not a bad consolation prize at all for them. Uh, eighth overall pick, the Arizona Cardinals select Makai Becton. I know it's Mackie Becton. I think that's his name, but that's no. Mackie? Are you kidding me? No, Makai Becton. It's Makai Becton for me. I know there's no C. It's Mackie Becton, but I call him Makai Becton. Mackie? Seriously? All right. Anyway, but with the Cardinals, this pick, uh, a lot of scouts love this kid. And although I do think they should probably take Andrew Thomas, I I, I rank Andrew Thomas ahead of Mackie, Mackay, don't say it, Mackay Becton. I think this is who the Cardinals are eyeing. I think this is the guy they're going to go for. They're, I think they probably would have picked Werfs or Wills over Becton here, but with both of them off the board, they go with their the third guy on their big board and in Becton. I could argue Becton. I think this team really likes Becton. Maybe I'm wrong, but my gut, I've heard some rumors. I think they really do like Becton, and that's going to be their pick here. I think they got to pick an uh, outside tackle. I know Gilbert was hurt last season, and they didn't really do that great on the uh, offensive line, but I've heard some Cardinals fans say they just want to pick maybe Derek Brown here or somebody like that, and give their offensive lineman one more chance. But no, you got to protect Kyler Murray. He was sacked the most times in the league last season. If they want to run the ideal offense they're looking to run, they need to upgrade that offensive line. They go with the biggest boomer bust, uh, boomer bust offensive tackle in this draft class. Ninth overall pick, Carolina Panthers select Derek Brown. They may have been eyeing Isaiah Simmons but at seven, but when you're offered – a the 42nd pick in the draft just to trade down two spots and you know you can still get Derek Brown there or Isaiah Simmons this was kind of a no-brainer for the Carolina Panthers again they may have preferred Isaiah Simmons a little bit over Derek Brown but I think they really love both those guys and they knew hey we trade down two spots get a second round pick one of the two of them will still be there so they get Derek Brown I just he's a beast on the interior as I said he's kind of just like Dominic and Sue except a better character which is Great. I really like Derek Brown. I'd call him a surefire thing, but I also called Quinnen Williams a surefire thing uh, last draft, and he sucked. So I, I don't want to jinx it on Derek Brown because I think this guy's got a lot of potential. Uh, but with the 10th overall pick, the Cleveland Browns select Andrew Thomas, outside tackle out of Georgia. Yes, 
four outside tackles go in the top 10. 40% of the top 10 is offensive linemen. This is historic for the NFL draft. The Most people think Andrew Thomas is going to Cleveland here at 10. I've got to say the same thing. If the Cardinals pick Thomas at 8, maybe they take Becton here at 10 instead. But I'd say the Browns should stay put here at 10. Take a guy who may potentially get this offense over the hump. This offense got a ton of... Uh, They've got a ton of talent. They've got a ton of potential. They just don't have any chemistry. Maybe adding that outside tackle that'll give Baker a little more time, give him a little more confidence in the pocket because he was not confident in the pocket. He was constantly rolling out, and that just led to mistakes. So you get a guy like Andrew Thomas who could come in here, make a day one impact, and really just give this team a boost on the O-line. That could give Baker more confidence and swagger in the pocket, and I think that's really the key. So this is a great pick for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the 11th overall pick, the New York Jets select CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. Some people, there's been a little speculation that maybe they go for an offensive lineman here or something like that. No, no, no. I've stuck with them picking. Sorry for all the banging in the background. Um, I've stuck with that. I really just think this team, CeeDee Lamb, 11th to the Jets. I've heard some speculation about them trading up or down. But I think at the end of the day, they're going to stay put where they're at. They're going to take C.D. Lamb, especially with every big four offensive lineman off the board. They give Sam Darnold another weapon. Quincy Inunua, one of their best receivers, just suffered an injury last season. He's getting up there in age. Uh, Jameson Crowder is also getting up there in age. Robbie Anderson just left uh, the team in free agency a couple weeks ago. So they need some weapons for Sam Darnold. You get a guy like C.D. Lamb. Like, that's a dangerous weapon. I really like this pick for the New York Jets. And... I think he could really help Sam Darnold out a lot. They've still got to address a lot of needs on the offensive line, and it does kind of suck that they couldn't really address it because the next best thing is Josh Jones, and I don't think they really like Josh Jones that much. That's kind of a reach for them at 11, so they just go with C.D. Lamb, a guy I think they really like. I, It's one of the picks I'm most confident about for some reason. I really just see C.D. Lamb becoming a New York Jet. I don't know why. I'm just so confident in this pick. Uh, but with the 12th overall pick, the Las Vegas Raiders – Pick. Uh, another wide receiver here comes off the board, Henry Ruggs out of Alabama. A lot of people love this guy. I know many people, including myself, think Jerry Judy's probably a little better. Uh, I like. I love all three. I love Lamb. I love Judy. I love Ruggs. I think they're all. All three of them are going to be great. But the Raiders. John Gruden loves wide receivers first and foremost, and we all know the Raiders need a wide receiver. They got Tyrell Williams. He's a little banged up last year, and outside of him, they really don't have much. So. I mean, they got Darren Waller, not a bad tight end for a couple weeks there. But no, really, at wide receiver, they don't have a lot. They just picked Hunter Renfro last year. He, he hasn't been terrible, but they, they could still use a wide receiver. They go with Henry Ruggs. I think they really love the speed he possesses. He'd fit well in their scheme. I think both John Gruden and Mike Mayock love this kid. So Henry Ruggs is going to be their pick here, uh, believe it or not. And then with the 13th overall pick, I got the San Francisco 49ers selecting C.J. Henderson, quarterback, cor cornerback, not quarterback, out of Florida. And I think with the 49ers, it's nearly a guarantee here at the 13th pick. They're either going to take a wide receiver or they're going to take a cornerback. I've in Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft, which was eh, it was it was pretty iffy iffy. He had Justin Jefferson going here. Over Jerry Judy. And no, that I don't 
I highly doubt that happened. Justin Jefferson wouldn't be a terrible fit, but you're picking him over Jerry Judy, really. You might as well just trade down a couple spots, if anything. Like, I don't I don't know. I think they're going to take C.J. Henderson here. I feel like most people think the 49ers are going to take C.J. Henderson here, which what is what leaves me to believe they probably won't end up doing that, but... I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the safe pick here. I'm gonna roll with the majority uh, for once in my life, and moving on. <laughs> I really don't have a ton to say about that pick. I feel like most people think that's who they're gonna pick, and that would lead me again. That would lead me to believe that's who they're not going to pick. But I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna stick with C.J. Henderson to the Niners at 13. And speaking of as um, speaking of predictable picks the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Josh Jones outside tackle out of Houston this is the fifth offensive tackle taken that means over 33% of this draft up to this point has been offensive tackles not even offensive linemen offensive tackles this is a reach yes it is a reach I'm not gonna lie this pick is a reach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I could see them going for Javon Kinlaw here I could see them going for um, what's his face? Kalevon Chasen here. Uh, so I, Daniel Jeremiah thinks they're going to pick Jerry Judy. That, no. Why would the Buccaneers take Jerry Judy? Like, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, I think that duo is a little overrated, but still, that's a great duo. You don't need another wide receiver. You need offensive line. You need a running back. You need defensive pieces, you, you, you need a pass rusher, you need to shore up the defensive line a little bit. I mean, you do got Ndamukong Sue, but he's getting a little older. You could upgrade the secondary, but instead we're just going to shore up one of our strongest positions. No, they go with Josh Jones here. I know it's a reach, but everybody in the big four is gone. This team really wants to make sure they have a good offensive line for Brady because he can't scramble. And you saw what happened like AFC Championship against the Broncos uh, a few years back. Brady struggled really bad because the offensive line was terrible and the Broncos pass rush was dominant. Like, you need a good offensive line for Tom Brady. He can get the ball out quick if he needs to, but I think a good offensive line goes really far with these old veteran quarterbacks that can't scramble like Brady. And Josh Jones is a reach, but I actually don't think it's a terrible pick. They could trade down easily and still get to take him. But I, I don't know. Reaches happen all the time in this draft. I think the Buccaneers reach to make Tom Brady happy, say, hey, we're looking out for you once again. It's clear they're catering to Tom Brady at this point. And it's clear they need an offensive tackle, um, an outside tackle, not offensive. You know, yeah, you get what I'm saying. Uh, Josh Jones, it does worry me. He may not be a day one starter because he is pretty raw. He's relatively raw. So that's like that's what concerns me because the Buccaneers are now in win now mode. So it concerns me that now they're kind of picking a little bit of a project outside tackle. But if he progresses well this summer, I think he could definitely make a day one impact or at least start starting some games relatively early in the season. All right, and then with the 15th pick, I've got the Denver Broncos taking Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama. All the big three wide receivers are now off the board by pick 15. The Broncos. I really almost can guarantee they're going to take a wide receiver here. A lot of people think they're going to trade up to the ninth pick with the Jaguars or the 10th pick with the Cleveland Browns. But I think the Browns are going to stay put where they're at and just take Thomas. And I think the Jaguars are going to trade up to seven with the Panthers, although it's pretty unlikely. And at the end of the day, not only that, but I think the Broncos are kind of saying, 
we wouldn't mind trading up, but I think we're going to be fine at 15. After they see how the top nine unfolds and they see that none of the wide receivers went off the board, they're going to say, Judy or Ruggs, it's nearly a lock. One of them falls to us. It is a little risky to just sit there and be like, oh, I hope, but the Browns aren't going to take a wide receiver. If the Jets take a wide receiver, it's probably going to be CeeDee Lamb. Then you got the Raiders and the 49ers, which could take back-to-back wide receivers, but the Buccaneers aren't. So you're just hoping, I don't know. I, I think the Broncos feel okay where they're at, and they're just going to sit there and hope that the 90% chance either Ruggs or Judy falls to them actually ends up happening. And I think in this mock draft it does. Um, so the reason for Judy being picked here, he adds that element of speed they're looking for in their offense. He gives Cortland Sutton finally a partner in crime. Like, Cortland Sutton's their only notable uh, wide receiver and tight end, really. I mean, they got Noah Fant, but he literally wasn't that great last year. Like, he's their only really notable weapon in the passing game. So it gives Drew Locke another weapon outside of Cortland Sutton. It, it takes a little bit of pressure off Cortland Sutton. And Judy adds that speed and that deep field th- uh, threat that is going to allow this team to be more aggressive. They took a ton of checkdowns last season, and they said uh, new Pat Shermer who is the new offensive coordinator there, and Vic Vangio said, we want to be more aggressive this year. We want to take more shots downfield. We need to keep up with these teams like Kansas City. So I think that's going to be a struggle for Drew Locke, and it's going to help big time for Drew Locke and this offense to have a guy like Jerry Judy to help them play more aggressive and have more of an aggressive style. Uh, With the 16th pick in the draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle out of South Carolina. This is a good value pick for them. And I think he also fits what they're trying to do as well. They could, I could see them taking Caleb on chase in here, but the Falcons are already so injury prone that if they, especially on defense, if they add Caleb on chase in, that's another injury prone player. So I think they go with the safer option here in terms of injury risk with Caleb on chase in, uh, not Caleb on chase in, Javon Kinlaw. And he's a good pass r- interior pass rusher. He's going to fit what they're trying to do. He fits a hole in this defense. And I love Caleb on chasing, but adding another injury prone, another injury prone player just doesn't make a ton of sense for the Atlanta Falcons. So I've got them taking Kinlaw here at 16. Nice pick for them. And then with the 17th pick, in the draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Caleb on Chasen. I really love this kid, and I usually don't like injury-prone players, especially when he relies on his athleticism so so much. He's still relatively raw. He hasn't played football for really that long, but he's really explosive off the edge. He he's really strong and athletic. So injuries are going to be a concern. I wonder how long he'll be around in the league, but when this dude is healthy, he's going to be a beast. Mark my words. I love this kid on tape, just watching him. And I really just hope injuries don't interfere too much with this career because I think he's going to be a beast. He's one of my favorite players in this draft class just to watch. But with all that being said, with the 18th pick in the draft, the Miami Dolphins select Justin Herbert, quarterback out of Oregon. Wow. This would shock me. If this actually really happened, what a draft it would be for the Miami Dolphins to not only trade up, get this outside tackle that we've been talking about, but instead of picking a quarterback that many people thought they'd pick at five, they go ahead and pick him at 18. That would be awesome. I'm not a big fan of Justin Herbert, and I don't think he'll really have that great of a career, but still. One, you never know. And two, this will be a decent value pick for the Miami Dolphins. So they pick up Tristan Wirfs and then they get Justin Herbert. That's not bad at all. And the likelihood of this happening isn't the best, 
But I don't think it's that unrealistic. If the Dolphins and the Chargers, if Herbert doesn't get picked in the top six, he's going to slide pretty far. And that's the same thing for Tua. And I really do think one of those two quarterbacks is going to fall. And I think it's all going to depend on which one the Chargers take at six. There's a chance both of them fall outside of the top six. That would be a really cool storyline. If, you know, so I, I think one of them will go in the top six. I'm just not too sure which one. But if it comes down to the Chargers, I think the Chargers are going to take Tua. So Justin Herbert falls to 18. The Dolphins scoop him up. It's actually a decent value pick, even though I really don't like Justin Herbert. But I could still see it. The Dolphins, yes. I know I was just the one that said they didn't have interest in him. They don't have interest in interest in picking Justin Herbert as high as the fifth overall pick or the third overall pick. At 18, though, that's fair game. That's a decent spot for Justin Herbert. Trade alert. We've got another trade. How many is that now? We got one, two. This is the third trade. And a lot of people think only three trades are going to happen. I'll tell you, I've got a little more than three trades. So the over-under, I think, probably is like 3.5 trades happening in this draft. And a lot of people are actually going under. They think it's going to be a relatively quiet draft, but I, I think it's going to be a little more hectic than some people believe. Uh, the Raiders receive Yannick Ngunkwe, and the Jaguars received the 19th overall pick. This was reports that I heard last night. I made a prediction that hasn't come true just yet, but I said, I'm going to go to sleep, and I'm going to wake up in the morning, and Yannick Ngunkwe is going to be an Oakland or Las Vegas Raider. I'm so used to saying Oakland Raiders. It hasn't happened yet, but I still do think it's going to happen. At first, when I started this mock draft, I just started it like last night, I thought the Jaguars would trade Yannick Ngunkwe to trade up from 9 to 3. But then I heard the report and I said, I really, they're this close to a deal. Like, they're very close to a deal, the Jaguars and the Raiders. Basically, what's going on is the Jaguars want to trade Ngunkwe for the 12th overall pick that the Las Vegas Raiders have. But the Raiders say, We'll give up the 19th, but we're not giving up the 12th pick. And considering the Raiders do have the leverage in that deal, I think it's going to end up being the best offer that the Jaguars get, and that's the trade they're going to pull off. So now the Jaguars are sitting here. This is where the uh, extra first-round pick that I said. They are sitting here at the 7th overall pick, the 19th, and the 20th. So now they've got back-to-back picks. They're on the clock back-to-back. They just picked Isaiah Simmons. And with the 19th overall pick in the draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Christian Fulton, cornerback at LSU. This pick may surprise some people. Some people may be like, Fulton, really? This is a little early for him. I really do think Fulton, at first I thought Fulton would actually probably maybe go 19 to the Raiders, but I really do think the Jaguars like this kid. They just let, uh, gave, they like Okuda too for a reason. Like they just got rid of Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye. They love their cornerbacks. Uh, and Christian Fulton's a really good man-to-man defender. Same as Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey was a great man-to-man defender. Not really a zone guy, but he's good in man. Same thing with Christian Fulton. So I think he fits the archetype that these Jaguars like, these man-to-man defenders. So it makes sense why they go for Christian Fulton. I could even see them potentially going for A.J. Terrell, another good man-to-man press defender. So, But I think they'll go with Fulton over Terrell here. And then with the 20th overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Justin Jefferson, wide receiver at LSU. Justin Jefferson's one of the more intriguing players in this draft, believe it or not, because I, he he's a little quicker, uh, not quicker, a little faster than people give him credit for, even though he's not really a speedster, but he's a good slot receiver. He, he has good uh, size in the slot. He can run routes well, catch balls up the seam in the middle of the field. And he fits well. I mean, DJ Chark is looking for 
uh, a numero dose in that receiving core. And I know Chark kind of came out of nowhere, but he showed he's probably most likely the real deal. So he's more of an outside-the-numbers receiver, more of a deep threat. So you get Justin Jefferson, a good wide receiver, to pair with him in the inside. I know this breaks the Philadelphia Eagles' hearts. They love uh, Justin Jefferson. They fall one pick short. I could see the Eagles trading up. Uh, but instead of trading up, they stay at 21, fall one pick short of getting Justin Jefferson. So instead, they take Denzel Mims, wide receiver out of Baylor. This kid is a little boomer bust. I won't lie. He possesses good size and all that. I think this is a guy that they like. Uh, you look at it like they, the Eagles have really been eyeing Justin Jefferson. They've been eyeing Denzel Mims. They could even go T. Higgins here. But I think they're going to go with Denzel Mims with Justin Jefferson off the board here. But the Eagles are in such a weird spot. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if they're going to trade up to try to leapfrog Jacksonville. I don't know if they're going to sit there and hope he falls or at least no Mims will be there. Or they can't get a deal done to trade up or they trade down. I don't know what the Eagles are going to do. This is actually one of the most confusing parts of the draft. Uh, and next, we've got the Minnesota Vikings with the 22nd overall pick. We got another receiver off the board. They take T. Higgins, wide receiver out of Clemson. I would love to see Denzel Mims in Minnesota. I think he'd fit great there uh, alongside Adam Thielen. They just grave up Stefan Diggs, their deep threat. And Denzel Mims would be great there. But so would T. Higgins. He's another big outside the numbers, more deep threat type-ish. He's more of a deep threat as well. Like him and Denzel Mims are similar uh, except T. Higgins is probably a little more of a safer pick, I guess. Uh, they're similar, though, because they possess good size. They're outside of numbers receivers. They're deep threats. So even though they miss out on Mims, maybe Higgins was their guy all along over Mims. I can't really tell at this point. This is a very confusing part of the draft. But the Vikings take a wide receiver that can hopefully – he isn't similar to Stefan Diggs, but they're going to play similar jobs. So they're looking for that replacement. Uh, and then with the 23rd overall pick in the draft, the New England Patriots select Patrick Queen, the linebacker at LSU. This kid's got everything. He, he's got all the – he's got the speed. He's got the athleticism. He's got the smarts. He's got a very high IQ. He can recognize plays. All of those things. That is a great bundle. But some people have seen bad uh, things from him, like his ability to cover in the field. Like he tends to backpedal. And some people think this guy's just going to bust. And that does scare me a little bit. Like, some of these experts are saying, and, and, and like, not my Mel Kuyper. I mean, not like that. But I see their points. Like, yeah, you, you know, you look at the surface, and it's like, this kid's got it. Like, this kid could be a steal. But then you dig a little deeper, watch some of the tape, and you're like, there are some things that need to be fixed. But he goes to New England. He could really thrive. We just lost Kyle Van Noy. And he, Patrick Queen, I don't necessarily feel like we – I'd say, yeah, I'd say we could use a guy like Patrick Queen. You know, he could recognize plays. He can be kind of the captain of a defense. I think this is a guy that Bill Belichick likes, a high IQ guy, plus he possesses some speed and athleticism that's more tailor-made for today's NFL. And then you've got his high IQ, you know, and his play recognition, which is uh, tailor-made for Bill Belichick's type of style. So it's a good combination there. And as a Patriots fan, I wouldn't mind this pick. It depends if somebody else falls. But considering everybody that's on the board in my mock draft right now, I wouldn't mind this pick at all. Uh, and then with the 24th overall pick in the draft, New Orleans Saints selected Jordan Love, quarterback out of Utah State. I would love this pick as a football fan. And Part of me actually believes the Saints aren't going to take Jordan Love. That would be a huge mistake. I think they might take A.J. Epinesa, but 
I, I just don't know. I feel like the, the everybody thinks the Saints have this high interest in this guy and he'd be a great fit there. But at the end of the day, I don't think the Saints necessarily love this kid. I think the Saints are looking, let's go win now. AJ Epines is going to help us for this upcoming year. Or uh, uh, Jalen Rieger can help us, you know, a wide receiver or a pass rusher, another pass rusher here. Like Those guys can help us right away. Jordan Love cannot. We're trying to win Super Bowl right now. Uh, we're not worried about the future. Let's go out and win one more Super Bowl through Breeze. And getting a wide receiver, getting a pass rusher would help rather than a guy who only will make an impact in next season or the season after that, you know, two to three seasons. So I could see that happening, but at the end of the day, this is the smart pick for them. They virtually don't have any holes. They could go for another wide receiver. They could bolster the pass rush up a little more, but really this is kind of a luxury pick for the Saints. I, it, it it could be looked at a luxury pick. I don't think it is because the Saints are failing to win Super Bowls despite having such a talented roster. So, But Jordan Love, this is a great fit for him. He's going to have a ton of talent around him. He fits their timeline perfectly because he's going to need a season or two to sit. Drew Brees is going to be playing for at least a season or two more. Uh, and he's going to be able to learn from Drew Brees, one of the best of all time. And he's going to be able to learn from Sean Payton, one of the better offensive minds in the league. So it's a great fit for Jordan Love. I just hope the Saints don't screw that up. As a football fan, of course. As a Patriots fan, uh, maybe passing on Jordan Love wouldn't be the terrible decision for them. But 25th overall pick. Minnesota Vikings selects Jalen Johnson, cornerback out of Utah, believe it or not. I know, a little little surprising, but Jalen Johnson is a lot like Xavier Rhodes, who they just lost in free agency. And Rhodes struggled big time last year. Like, he really did struggle. But years prior to that, he was a very good corner in the league, and the Vikings did like him. I'm wondering if the Vikings want to move on from his archetype after the bad taste and he just left in their mouths after his performance last season. But at the end of the day, banking on the fact that they want kind of the next Xavier Rhodes, hoping it ends, uh, has a happier ending, Jalen Johnson isn't a bad pick. He has a lot of similar uh, measurements and place. he has a similar play style to Rhodes. So I could see the uh, Vikings taking Jalen Johnson here. 26th overall pick. The Dolphins are cashing in on their third first-round pick of the first round, uh, their third and final first-round pick of this round. They select Xavier McKinney, safety out of Alabama. The first safety is off the board. The Dolphins have been linked up to this guy a lot, and after they take two offensive players, they decide to focus on defense a little bit here and take McKinney, perhaps the best safety in this draft. Some people still argue it's Grant Delpit. They say those tackling issues can be fixed. He's the best. Xavier McKinney's getting hyped up a little too much here, but the Dolphins have been linked up to this guy a lot, so I think if they get the chance to pick him here at 26, they're going to pull the trigger on it. Trade alert, we've got the fourth trade, and I'll tell you right now, it isn't the final one either. The Ravens are trading their pick to the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are going to take the 28th overall pick, and the Ravens are going to receive the 54th overall pick, the 128th overall pick, and wide receiver Ray Ray McLeod. Ray Ray McLeod, I just threw him in there. Because why not, in case you were wondering. Uh, I just threw him in there. Good little speedy receiver for them. He, he's pretty young too, but he, he sucks anyway. But whatever. 28th overall pick, the Buffalo Bills, who didn't have a first-round pick, decide they're going to trade into the first round to take A.J. Epinesa, edge out of Iowa. A little bit of this is because I felt like 
there's no way AJ Epinesa goes in the second round. And I do think, again, there's a really high chance the Saints end up taking him. But I was just like, the only way I don't see the four remaining teams taking Epinesa. So he shouldn't go in the second round. He shouldn't fall that far, at least. And I think the Bills are looking up to bolster, bolster their pass rush up a little bit. Yes, they have some holes on the offensive line, but they don't really need a center. They just signed Mitch Morse, uh, and he's getting a little older, but he's still a decent center in the uh, league. And really, there's no offensive tackles left unless they want Austin Jackson, which is actually a possibility. They could trade up to take Austin Jackson, but, I mean, they if they were going to take Austin Jackson, I feel like maybe they could have traded up in the second round, like traded up from 54 to maybe like the 35th overall pick, just throwing a pick on the top of my head. Like, I don't think they would have had to trade up that far. So they got, they're taking up Vanessa. They kind of put all their eggs in one basket here because the Bills don't have a ton of picks. They just gave up a ton of the Stefan Diggs trade. Now they're giving up two more picks to move up, take up Vanessa. So after this pick, it's really not going to be a very eventful draft for the Buffalo Bills, but this isn't a bad pick for them at all. Uh, with the 29th pick in the draft, Tennessee Titans select Jalen Rieger, wide receiver out of TCU. Uh, the Titans love picking wide receivers in the draft. They picked A.J. Brown last year. They picked Corey Davis a couple years back, and it was a terrible pick at number six. But still, they're looking to upgrade a little more. They, they're they looking for one more wide receiver. A.J. Brown had a decent rookie season. Corey Davis really still isn't maturing into his own, so they're probably looking for one more wide receiver here at 29, and Jalen Rieger, sorry for all the banging cheese, is probably one of the best players left on the board. Uh, I like Jalen Rieger personally. He's got great speed. He's got great release, great separation ability. He can run a ton of different routes. He can run underneath routes. He can run the middle of the field. He can catch deep balls. I personally like Jalen Rieger. A lot of people hate on him a little too much because he's a little overrated, which I do tend to agree with, but I think he fits with what the Tennessee Titans are doing. I think the Titans like him and they're potentially looking for a wide receiver here. So I actually really wanted to see them pick Austin Jackson here. Like I actually thought maybe they pick Austin Jackson, but Austin Jackson's a purely a left tackle and Taylor Lewan is they're the team's left tackle right now, and he's never played right tackle. Neither is Austin Jackson. So I think if they're to pick an offensive lineman, it would be a – if they were to pick an outside tackle, it would be somebody who can play right tackle, and Austin Jackson just can't do that. So instead, i just have them picking Jalen Rieger here. 30th pick in the draft, the Green Bay Packers select Jeff Gladney, another player from TCU, except this is a cornerback. Jalen Rieger and Jeff Gladney probably – Gladney probably faced each other in practice a lot at TCU, uh, but obviously, uh, I don't know why I had to throw that point out there. <laughs> but the Packers decide we want to bolster up our secondary a little bit. You could argue, I'm not really sure what the Packers are going to do here. They could go for a wide receiver, but Rieger just went. It's like, there's not really anyone great. They could go with Brandon Ayuk, but at the end of the day, I don't think they will. They could go with Cole Met, uh, Komet, uh, whatever his last name is. I don't know, I bet the K is silent, but I don't really know, uh, at a Notre Dame. A lot of people tend to like him. I think he could go earlier than the late second round, like most people reject, because he's by far the best tight end in the league. Uh, not in the league. Oh my goodness. But there's no real tight ends in this draft, and Cole Met is really the only one that's going to go in the first two rounds, and scouts really like him. So I could see a team reaching as early as late in the first round. I know some people say it's ridiculous, but the Packers may go ahead. They like their tight ends a lot. Jimmy Graham struggled last season, so you never know. You never really do know. I could actually see them potentially doing that. Call me crazy, but 
they're going to go with Jeff Gladney here. All right, trade alert, the fifth and final trade of the round. I know five trades. Everyone's just like four, uh, three trades will happen, maybe four. Five for me. Uh, you'd be surprised. 49ers received the 48th pick in the 120th overall pick from the New York Jets. And the Jets received the 31st pick. So the Jets uh, give up a fourth round pick and a second round pick to move up into the first round after picking C.D. Lamb. So after picking an offensive player, they're going to flip to the defensive side, the ball. And I actually debated who they were going to pick here. And really, the main purpose for this trade is I think the 49ers are looking to trade down. They just picked a cornerback at 13, and this team doesn't have a second, third, or fourth round pick. So instead of just picking like Brandon Ayuk here or LaVisca Chenault, I think instead they're going to trade down, acquire a second and a fourth round pick, and probably pick a wide receiver in the second round or something like that. And maybe they pick one in like the second and the fifth round or the fourth and the fifth round. I don't know. Like, but this team not having a second, third, or fourth round pick, they already picked somebody in the first round. So I think they're going to look to move down. They acquire a second and a fourth. And for the Jets, they trade up to take Antoine Winfield Jr. Safety out of Minnesota. Grant Delpit still isn't going. But with Jamal Adams probably most likely on the move, the uh, oh, it's a San Francisco 49ers here. I well, uh, just have to change this. Uh, excuse me for a second. Okay, but with Jamal Adams most likely on the move, they decide to get the next guy. And Antoine Winfield Sr. was a cornerback in the NFL. He had a very successful career, but Winfield's been around football his whole life. He, despite the fact that he lacks size, he plays with ferocity. He's a good tackle. His lack of size uh, and length really is what scares me with his tackling ability, but he still is really ferocious. And I think he, Jamal Adams is one of the best tacklers in the league. He'll never be Jamal Adams, but he can be some, something like that where he can also cover too. He's got good covered skills, but he can also tackle. I know despite his lack of size and length, this guy can be ferocious. He can get hard hits. He's never going to be Jamal Adams, but he can at least somewhat fill in his shoes. And this pick almost solidifies the Jets know Jamal Adams is out the door at some point. And with the last pick in my mock draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select A.J. Terrell, cornerback out of Clemson. This is another one similar to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars picking Christian Fulton, where the Chiefs like to run a lot of man. A.J. Terrell is mostly a man-to-man defender. I don't think Terrell's on the same level necessarily as Christian Fulton's man-to-man skills, but he's still a good man-to-man defender, and... This pick, for me, a lot of people think they should pick DeAndre Swift here. I don't think that's the move. If they pick DeAndre Swift, that's awesome. Like, you're getting a really good running back. That basically makes their offense even more dynamic. Like, that's pretty much the cherry on top of them uh, offensively. Like, they could use an upgrade at running back. You get him, oh my goodness. That offense is incredible. But there's needs defensively, like... The Chiefs can upgrade the offense all they want, but at the end of the day, as long as this offense stays healthy, is relatively healthy even, they're going to be fine. What is going to kill the Chiefs is their defense. Their offense can win them a Super Bowl, but they're not They're not going to lose because their offense had a bad day. If they're ever going to lose, it's because their defense lets up 50-plus points like they did in the Rams game. So you have to upgrade this defense, and one of their biggest needs is cornerbacks. So you get A.J. Terrell, a guy who can fit your man-to-man system, and you move on from there. I know it's tempting to pick DeAndre Swift. He's a great player. It would be an okay value pick. 
and who would put the cherry on top of your offense, but this team needs to upgrade their defense. Their offense is fine as long as they, again, as long as their offense is relatively healthy, their offense can win them a Super Bowl. But their defense could be the demise. So they need to upgrade the defense as much as possible in this draft. I wouldn't mind seeing them go out and get a running back within the first couple of rounds, but if they if they spend this 32nd overall pick on DeAndre Swift, that just no. That you're you're getting too hyped up about uh, this big explosive offense. You already have a big explosive offense. You don't need a running back. Running backs come and go in this league. This offense isn't like the Panthers where they need a Christian McCaffrey to carry them. They are already explosive enough. I know DeAndre Swift would add another uh, dimension, but they can, they can get a, any running back they want and they'll be all right. They need to get like a cornerback or even like a Zach Bond here wouldn't be bad. Somebody to help them pass rush. But at the end of the day, they just lost Marcus Peters a season or so ago. So they need a, there's a desperate, dire need for cornerback for this defense. But that's going to wrap up my mock draft. I'm so excited for the draft it, it, with no sports on. I have been prepping myself really for this day for months, about a month um, now. And I've enjoyed scouting all these players. I can't wait to see what comes. I'm going to soak it in every moment because after the draft's over, there's not going to be a lot to look forward to, really. I'm going to look forward to assessing the draft. But after, day one is always the most exciting day, the first round. After that, it's still decent. But the first round, is it's it hits different. It's much better, in my opinion, than all the rest of the rounds. Something against rounds two through seven. They're still fun to watch, but they're not as good as the first round. The first round is different. It's, it's, it's good. So I hope you all uh, enjoyed today's episode. I hope you all tune in um, to... The draft tonight is going to be very exciting if you're a sports fan. You don't want to miss it. It's one of the few events we really have to look forward to at this point. And I'm going to look forward to assessing the draft in the future. Uh, I know I won't nail all of my picks in this mock draft, but I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, also, go check out my u- new YouTube channel after the buzzer sports talk. All, uh, Not all uppercase. All The first letter of each word is in uppercase spaces as well. Uh, I've only made one video so far. I plan on maybe one every week or 10 days or so. Uh, The podcast is my main priority at the end of the day, but it's a good way for me to branch out, maybe do some film breakdown in the future so you can get some more after the buzzer and keep up with my inconsistent schedule, I guess you could say, Uh, or just, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. (laughs) But anyway... (laughs) Uh, Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed and I hope to see you guys next time.